tidings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Good Tidings Radio Broadcast here on WXAN Radio. I am David Pinkerton, and I'm accompanied today by my gorgeous wife, Dorinda. And we're glad to be here around the microphones of WXAN to share the Word of God with you and to share the to take this opportunity to encourage you and so much the more exhort the brethren. We pray now that you'll get a hold of a family, a friend member, someone that you know. Call them, text them, email them. Tell them that the Good Tidings radio broadcast is on. And we're thankful that you're listening from wherever you may be, here locally within the region or across this great country via the Internet. If you want to listen via the computer, you can. Just go to www wxanradio.com and when the page pulls up click on listen live and you can listen we're appreciative to Danny and Leanne and Will and the good staff Lewis and the good staff Tish and all that are here that are so faithful dedicated to making sure the gospel of Jesus Christ goes forward to a lost world and that that the word of God can go forward to provide that hope and strengthen us all in the inner man as these days we're living in. Folks, we're grateful. So we thank you for listening in today. I want to get right into this. I believe that uh, we're going to be the, this is the day before Easter, and I do not have an Easter message, but I want to read a little bit of Easter content to you, okay? I want to share some Easter comment, comment and content from the Bible here. In Acts chapter number 13, Acts chapter number 13. If you have your Bible, blow the dust off of it, open it up. Remember, when we open the Bible, we're opening the mind of God and that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. So go to Acts chapter number 13, and I draw your attention to verse number 16. Acts 13 and verse 16, as we consider Easter tomorrow when Jesus was resurrected, all the good news, listen close. Verse 16 of Acts 13, Then Paul stood up and beckoned with his hand and said, Men of Israel, and ye that fear God, give audience. The God of this people of Israel chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt, and with an high arm brought he, brought he them out of it. And about the time of forty years suffered he their manners in the wilderness. God was tolerant. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he divided their land to them by lot. And after that, he gave unto them the, them judges about the space of 450 years until Samuel the prophet. And afterward, they desired a king. God gave unto them Saul, the son of Sis, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, by the space of 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Of this man's seed hath God, according to his promise, raised unto Israel a Savior, Jesus. When John had first preached before his coming the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And as John fulfilled his course, he said, Whom think ye that I am? I am not he, but behold, there cometh one after me, whose shoes of his feet I'm not worthy to loose. John was speaking of Jesus. Remember, John was the forerunner before Jesus. 
in verse 26 of Acts 13. Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, and whosoever among you feareth God, to you is the word of this salvation sent. For they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, nor yet the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath day, they have fulfilled them in condemning him, condemning Jesus in a mock trial. We know that. And though they found no cause of death in him, they desired, or yet desired they, Pilate, that he should be slain. Verse 29. And when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree. That we know that he was crucified on the cross. They took him down from the tree and laid him in a sepulcher. Now, verse 30, Acts chapter number 13, verse 30. But the devil thought Jesus was done. The wicked people of the Roman Empire, they thought he was gone. They crucified him on a tree between two thieves. They plaited a crown of thorns on his head. They plucked his beard. They mocked him. He was shedding his blood for the sins of the world. Jesus became the substitute for my sins, your sins, and the sins of every human being in the world. His blood atoned for our sin. God always only accepts a blood sacrifice. Jesus died on the tree, as Acts says here in verse thir- or chapter 13, verse number thir- 29. Then they laid him in a borrowed tomb. You see, it was borrowed because he wasn't going to need it. Now, notice verse 30, Acts chapter 13, verse number 30. But God raised him from the dead. Good news, ladies and gentlemen. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. Easter is about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, you don't preach the gospel if you don't have the resurrection. If you preach only that Jesus lived a sinless life. You don't have the gospel. If you preach that Jesus died vicariously on the cross and shed his blood in our place, being our sin bearer or taking our place, you don't have a gospel. And if you preach only that he was crucified on the tree and then he was buried and then you stop, you still don't have a gospel. You must preach Jesus crucified, shedding his blood, dying, being buried in the tomb, and then resurrected the third day. Now you have the gospel of Jesus Christ. Nothing needs to be added to it, nor can it. Nothing can be and shall not be taken away from it. It is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Good news, good news. Have hope, live, 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 and love and laugh because Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. Easter is about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus lives, and because he lives, our faith is not in vain. Our preaching is not in vain, and he's coming again one day soon, folks. Every, every false denomination, false religion, works-oriented religion, everyone has a founder that lived and that taught this false doctrine they have and then died. But they don't have a founder that resurrected the third day. Christianity is the only faith that has a founder that lived a sinless life, died vicariously on the cross, was buried in the tomb, and on the third day raised anew, lives again, was resurrected. 
Jesus Christ. Christianity is the Bible faith. You must be born again. You must trust Christ to be saved. So, Happy Easter on behalf of Dorinda and I and our our family, even our son Brett out in Buffalo. Happy Easter to everybody. Now, that's really about all I'm going to do for Easter with these first few minutes. I want to draw your attention now. Now you got your Bible opened up, you're warmed up a little bit. Let's go to the New Testament book of Philippians. Philippians chapter number 2. Philippians chapter number 2. And let's take a text in there, okay? I want to speak for the remaining time today on having, I want to ask you, it's in the form of a question. The title of the sermon is in the form of a question. Do you have the mind of Christ? Do you have the mind of Jesus Christ? Philippians chapter 2, verse number 1. The Bible says, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let, verse 5, Philippians 2, verse 5, let this mind be in you. In other words, allow it. Learn it. Use it. Think it. Have it. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, verse 6, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. In previous messages, you've heard us talk about Jesus is God in the flesh but made himself of no reputation or took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, verse 9, Philippians 2, verse 9, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, we saw that recently in a sermon, and given him a name that's above every name. We just saw that. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. Let me stop and give you a little bit of of, of, of contemporary commentary. That means that Joe Biden's knee will bow to Jesus. That means that Vladimir Putin's knee will bow to Jesus. That means that every human being's knee will bow to Jesus Christ. That includes Donald Trump. That includes every politician. That includes every celebrity, every ball player. Every human being will bow. Every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, do you have the mind of Christ? There's a song that says, I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. It's Easter, right? I know that he is living, whatever man may say. I see his hand of mercy, I hear his voice of cheer, and just the time I need him, he is always near. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me, he talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives, he lives within my heart. Does he live within your heart? Have you been born again? Have you trusted Jesus Christ by faith and Him alone to be your personal Savior? 
If not, bow your head right now. Follow me in this prayer, and from the sincerity of your heart, ask Christ to be your Savior. Recognize you're a sinner. You can't save yourself. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. There's not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. We're all sinners. But you must be a redeemed sinner. So, if you'd like to invite Christ into your heart, follow me in this prayer. Jesus, please forgive me of all of my sins. I'm entrusting you to be my personal Savior and to take me to heaven. Forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart and make me your child. Wash me in your blood and establish my feet in my going. I'm trusting you to be my personal Savior and receive salvation through you right now by grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Ladies and gentlemen, the greatest thing that mankind needs is regeneration, a spiritual birth, the second birth, which only comes through faith in Jesus as your personal Savior. The mind of Christ, do you have it? Folks, I feel better about this thing already. Isn't God so good? Listen closely. As night follows day and day follows night, God lives and the Bible is right. When we open the Bible, we open the mind of God, and as sure as night follows day, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, 2 Timothy 3.16. It's God-breathed. The Bible is inspired. It's inerrant. It's infallible. It's impeccable. You hear me say it all the time because I want you to get it. It's indestructible. It's powerful. It's precious. It's perfect. It's pure. It's pontifical. It's preserved uh, in the English language, in the English-speaking people, in the King James Version. I love Jesus Christ. I love the Bible. What a wonderful book. What an awesome God we serve. What a wonderful Savior is Jesus our Lord. Now, we pray that God will do something real in our hearts right now. Do you have the mind of God, Christian friend? Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Look at that scripture again. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Folks, you don't have to have the mind of Socrates or of Bill Gates or of Aristotle or of Plato or Zoroaster or any of the great thinkers of yesteryear. We just need to have the mind of Jesus Christ. When you have the mind of Christ, you have the mind of God. I love to quote Jesus. Listen to what Jesus said. When you quote Jesus, you will never be wrong when you quote Jesus. He is the final authority. Amen. In John chapter 10 and verse 30, Jesus said, I and my Father are one. Can you imagine with, that your finite mind, with all of its limitations, could contain and embrace the mind of an infinite God? The God of creation, the God of all covenants, the God of all consummation of all things, who is omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fa and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, that very mind, Jesus' very mind could be in every one of us as his children. It's true. You see, serving Christ is more than bringing your body into the sanctuary on Sundays and placing it upon a comfortable church pew. Nothing wrong with that. But I'm convinced that we have no shortage of pew warmers in our churches in 2022 and a bunch of pew sleepers in our congregations in 2022. And it's time to wake up, brethren. Jesus is coming again. The redemption of your soul is nigh now, closer than it's ever been. You better wake up and allow the mind of Christ to be in you. You see, Christianity involves the whole person, our spirit, soul, and body. In 1 Thessalonians 5.23, we're talking about the, do we have the mind of Christ? 
But listen to what God said in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let me get personal. Lean forward real quick. Okay, listen close. Let me get personal for a moment. Have you surrendered your mind to God? Verse 5 of Philippians 2 said, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Where will, where will your mind be when you get alone with yourself? What will you be thinking about? We're all distracted. But think about that for a minute. How's your thought pattern? How's your thought life? Proverbs 23, 7 says, As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Your thoughts will become your deeds. The Chinese proverb said this, and I quote, Sow a thought, reap a deed. Sow a deed, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. End of quote. And it all begins with a thought. How's your thought life, Christian? Now, no one can see it, but remember, God can. Now, I hope this doesn't deflate your ego when I say this, dear friend, but you're not what you think you are. But you are what you think you are. So here's some good advice. Here's some mental floss. We need to mentally floss each day to prevent truth decay in our mind. This world is, is sin-blasted, sin-laden, dark, ugly, and nasty. You know that. You see it on the TV. You see it on your phone, through news feeds. You see it on the computer feeds. You see it. We need our mind to be flossed, mental flossed every day through the Scripture. Philippians 2.5, let this mind be in you. Let it. You can have it. There's nothing stopping you as a Christian from having the mind of Christ which was also in Christ Jesus. What's God saying? What's the meaning? Here it is. Listen close, saints. Use your mind to think about the same things that Jesus Christ thought about. Question. What Jesus think about? Well, I'm glad you ask because we have answers. I'm glad that, that you ask. Let's look into the encyclopedia of God's truth, the Bible, and find out what did Jesus think about. And this is how we can pattern our thought life after Jesus, by thinking what he thought about, number one. Jesus thought about doing God's business. Do you? Luke chapter 2, verse 49. How is it that ye, Jesus speaking here, sought me? Remember, his mother and father, when he was a child, had left him. They had went back for the Sabbath day, or the Passover, rather, and they had left a few days out of Jerusalem. They didn't even realize he was with them. They had to go back to look for him. And when they found him, they did find him in the tabernacle. He's, he's speaking with and, and, and talking with lawyers and scriptural authorities and others. And here he's a child, and he's blowing their mind, if you will, with what he's saying to them. And here comes Mary and Joseph. They're like, where are you? They're coming in. I'm paraphrasing. Where have you been? In Luke 2.49, listen to what Jesus said. How is it that ye sought me? Wish ye not? And he said unto them that I must be about my father's business. You see, folks, the time has come for we Christians to be about God's business Amen. in this earth, on this earth right now. John chapter 9, verse 4, 
Jesus said again, I'm quoting Jesus, I love to do that, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. If you you got to remember something, so do I. Jesus is coming. Time to get people saved, time to serve God, time to make your life impact eternity is running out. Time is running out on my life and yours. If you have a message, preach it. If you have a, a, a lesson, then teach it. If you got a song, then you better sing it. If you got an assignment to complete for God, then you better complete it. If you got a soul to win to Jesus, and we all do, we need to win it. If you got a dollar to give to God's work, then you better give it. We're running out of time. The poet said, and I quote, The clock of life is wound but once, and no man has the power to tell when the hands will stop, at late or early hour. Now is the only time you own. Live, love, toil with will. Place not faith in tomorrow, for the clock may then be still. End of quote. Another poet said about time, and I quote again, I've only just a minute, just 60 seconds in it. Forced upon me, can't refuse it. Didn't seek it, didn't choose it. I must suffer if I lose it. Give account if I abuse it. Just a tiny little minute, but all eternity is in it. End of quote. Before we know it, folks, our lives will be over. And we must work the work of God while we have time. Now is the time Jesus thought about his father's business. What was the mind of Christ? I must hurry. Not only was he about his father's business, that was he was always thinking about God's business or you and I. Number two, what else was the mind of Christ? Jesus thought about prayer. Jesus thought about prayer. In Luke 18, 1, Jesus said, men ought always to pray and not to faint or not to give up. You see, the first business of every Christian should be to pray. Now listen, that's the first business. I'm a preacher and I'm saying that's the first business. Amen. The very first business of every Christian, you heard Sister Dorinda, it's right, is to pray, not to witness, not to give, not to go, not to do, but to pray. All those other things, yes, we need to do those, but not until we pray first. 1 Timothy 2.1, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions and giving of thanks be made known for all men. What is prayer? Prayer is just communion to God. It's communication to God. It's nothing fancy. You don't need to try to impress people with your prayer. Just talk to God. You don't need a college degree, a seminary degree. You don't need to be somebody that has a lot of uh, prestige or popularity. You can be anybody as a believer. You can pray. You can pray anytime. You can pray anywhere you can and call upon God. Amen. In Jeremiah 33, 3, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Notice the wording there. Listen to this. Here's a recorded instance, the very first recorded instance of our Lord Jesus. Mark chapter 1 Verse 35, notice his verse prayer. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there 
prayed. Begin your day in prayer. How, how dare we begin it any other way? Any day we begin without prayer, we are writing a prescription for failure, for chaos, for misfortune, for disaster and consternation and confusion in that day. Pray in the morning before the wires of life are lifted off the ground. Pray in the morning before a thousand things demand your attention and clutter your mind. Pray in the morning before anything occupies your mind or captivates your emotions. What Jesus think about, secondly, the mind of Christ? He thought about prayer. He thought about prayer. I want to share another poem with you. And I quote, I met God in the morning when my day was at the, its best, and His presence came like a sunrise, a glory in my chest. All day long the presence lingered. All day long He stayed with me, and we sailed with perfect calmness over a very troubled sea. While other ships were blown and battered, other ships were driven and torn, but the winds that seemed to drive them brought us a peace and rest. Then I thought of other mornings with a keen remorse mind, when I had loosed the moorings with, of his, with his presence left behind. I think that I know the secret learned from many a troubled way. You must meet him in the morning if you want him through the day. End of quote. Do you pray in the morning before you leave, or do you hastily get out? Do you have the mind of Christ? Whatever the posture of your body can be, doesn't matter what the posture of your body is, you can pray. Too many Christians act, and then we pray. When we need to pray, and then we act. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, Paul comes on the scene and he says, Pray without ceasing. Prayer is the key that unlocks the door to God's presence, His provision, and His power. If there's going to be power in the pulpit, Christian friends, there must be prayer in the pews. Are you praying for your pastor before he preaches? Praying pews plus powerful pulpits make perfect partners. Amen. Quickly, number three, what did Jesus think about? Not only was he about thinking about the Father's business, not only was he thinking about prayer, I must hurry quick. He's thinking about the value of his soul. Are you trying to win souls? Every human being is going to live in heaven or hell. Everybody you see is going to heaven or they're going to hell. You have the remedy. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Won't you tell somebody? Hand the gospel track. Share the love of God. Go after souls. Churches, go after souls. Get revived. Go back to winning souls. We are thankful today you've been with us for the Good Tidings Radio broadcast. It's been an honor to share it with you. Happy Easter to everybody. God bless you. Keep looking up. Prayer changes things. God is still in control. Jesus is coming again. Nothing is impossible to him that believeth. And Christ said, I am come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Do you have the mind of Jesus Christ? I bring you good tidings of great joy. Oh, yes. Emmanuel. God is with us. Oh, yes. 